Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Make It Kind. M.I.P. With Massimella Mark Thompson. Make It Kind. Get woke. What better way to start the second week, full week of this new year with none other than our fearless media commentator. Uh, and I can't really find anybody else who is analyzing and critiquing the mainstream media the way he is uh, and as succinctly as he as he is at that. We ask you uh, to subscribe to uh, to his newsletter and blog, PressRun.media. Everybody is jumping on board. Even Hillary Clinton uh, subscribes to PressRun.media. Perhaps you should, too. Our dear friend. Eric Bowl is with us. Eric, I pray that you and your family had a blessed and healthy holiday season. We did. We did. I got to see both my kids who came from other countries and it's been a while and and they all got back to their countries. And so uh, it was a nice it was a blessed holiday. It was nice. Hope you did, too. I did. I did. Pretty quiet here in the city, uh, but I'm yeah, glad you nice. got to see the kids and everything. That's wonderful. And then as soon as the holidays are over. We, we, you and I, we knew this was going to happen eventually. <laughs> it was just a question yeah. of when. And, uh, and as you've written in, in your latest piece, the police were unprepared, but, but the media really also added people talking about the police being unprepared and maybe even complicit, but yeah. the media too downplay what could happen. They, they, no one can deny they saw this coming. As a matter of fact, I saw a, a, a one of the, Popular morning shows this morning, blaming everybody in the world. And I'm like, but wait a minute. In 2016, mm-hmm. you all had this guy call into your show mm-hmm. every single morning. So if everybody who gave him this, you even talked about in your piece, and we talked about last time you were here, all the coverage of the Trump voters, the normalization of this, yes. th- that may, makes the mainstream media complicit as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, that mob last week that didn't look like all the Trump voters I've met 
via the New York Times for the last four years, right? Those are always just hardworking folk in search of a voice, the authentic voice of America, white working class Midwestern male voters. I, they have been put on a pinnacle for the last five years. And, uh, and again, I said the New York Times, everyone's guilty, but my God, have they been obsessed. Uh, two days after the coup, they ran you know, a Trump voter story and it seemed to me the entire point of the piece was just to regurgitate all these lies about fraud and, and Biden isn't the president and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we keep seeing all these stories about how the police missed this. You know, this whole mob, this whole riot was planned on, on, in public sight on social media. And and as you point out, the press doesn't really want to look at itself. The press ignored this coup from Election Day to coup day. I didn't see I didn't hear any four alarm fires. New York Times reported that Trump had a meeting in late December where he talked to his unhinged, deranged advisors, Sidney Powell, Michael Flynn, Rudy Giuliani. They talked about imposing martial law. New York Times put that story on page 28. You know, in the in, in sep, late September, he was asked point blank at a press briefing, will you abide to the peaceful transfer of power? And Trump became the first sitting president in 240 years who said, probably not. There wasn't a single front page uh, headline in a major newspaper in America. So the normalizing went on for four years, the frog in the boiling water. So the point in the fall where Trump's saying, I might not go, then he wages this war on free and fair elections. He calls the secretary, even after, he calls the secretary of state of Georgia and says, go find me 11,000 votes. Still not as I could not find a single straight ahead news story from a major uh, news outlet that used the word coup in the headline. You know, it's great that on Wednesday, you know, CNN called this an insurrection. Uh, I, I, you know, you and I have been talking about that for years, for years, uh, the, the radical right wing in this country. And, you know, when when a hundred and something members of Congress, Republican members of Congress sign on to this idea that they want to overturn the election. And 100 plus House members come back after the deadly coup and still vote to overturn the election results. Um, there, there's been two hallmark problems of the press. Um, uh, and one is not being honest about how radical and dangerous the Republican Party has been and, and this has become. And, and the second is uh, just normalizing Trump normalizing, 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 uh, to the point where we can't even see a coup when it's right in front of us. So yeah, I, 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 law enforcement does deserve a lot of the blame, but it's kind of astonishing for the press to be the one pointing the fingers because they didn't see it. Not, not one of those, there's not a, there aren't three major news organizations in this country over the last four years that called for Trump to resign. You know, he's been running a criminal enterprise out of the White House for four years and then he launches the most ambitious uh, campaign against free and fair elections in this country. Washington Post on, on Thursday, Wednesday, Wall Street Journal said, gee, he, he, should, he should resign, <laughs> but a little late. Yeah, ten, 10 days out or 12 days out. Yeah, yeah right. That does not. Did, did I hear you correctly? So did, did you say that the Times ran, even after the, the, the coup attempt, ran another story? on Trump voters a couple of days later? Oh yeah, it, it, it ran Saturday, it was published Sunday. 
a big long piece interviewing half a dozen Trump voters, all in agreement that uh, there was massive fraud, uh, illegal aliens voted, uh, Trump was ahead by 800,000 votes, and then all these uh, votes miraculously appeared the next morning. Nobody believes Joe Biden actually won. Trump had all, all these uh, rallies. Everyone knew he, he got more votes. Uh, I don't understand the point of that. I literally, I, I've been understanding the point of that since the day after election. I don't know what the point is of going around harvesting these these lies, these quotes, and putting them in a national newspaper. Oh, and then we're going to quote an ap- academic saying, boy, this is really bad. To do it, to do it after, you know, a murderous coup, I think is even more astonishing. None of these stories, none of these stories ever condemn Trump voters, none of these stories ever suggest they're going to, you know, they're at war with democracy. It's all, you know, they're just kind of misguided uh, and things like that. So they're going to they're going to keep doing it for years. They're going to they're going to do Trump voter stories for the next four years. Well, but but Eric, aside from what some of the ideological bias may be in some of these newsrooms, you and I have also talked about this ad nauseum. It's like they seem to think that they should market to that group as consumers. They're trying to mm-hmm. to, to get um, some of Fox's loyal consumer base, even though I don't know that there's any evidence that shows that anybody out there no. who was out there Wednesday subscribes to the New York Times. I, I mean, so <laughs> let's just be, because to be very clear about it, he, even though they really haven't been an enemy to those people, Trump has declared them the enemy. So right. to, to kiss up right. um, and to continue to play to that audience and crowd, again, is, is not only absurd, but it, it doesn't work on the consumer piece. At least I've seen no evidence. And two, you know, you can't help but wonder, does the New York Times uh, not really feel that these people represent real America? I was, just before we got on, I was a friend of mine, good friend of mine called. Um, I, I may have told you this before, but in the early 90s, when we first got the vote on D.C. statehood, right. we recreated the South African embassy strategy. Every Thursday, people committed civil disobedience. We were the original Tea Party. We used to dump right, tea right. on the Capitol steps and get arrested so that the D.C. statehood bill would come to the floor. And I remember once, you know, we were talking and said, well, maybe we ought to do something like see if we can get to the floor. And the Capitol Police says, you know, if you stay out here, we'll arrest you. But if you come inside and try to come to the floor of the House of the Senate, we're going to shoot you. I will never forget that they said that to me and to the current mayor at the time, because the mayor was out there demonstrating with us, uh, uh, the current mayor and past mayor. So when I saw people run up in there, I was like, whoa, that's not the way that's supposed to. uh, (laughs) That's not the way that's supposed to go down. Let me ask you this. To what extent are the media... um, um, covering, uh, I, I know you alluded to it, but but to what extent are as the mainstream media uh, uh, talking about um, what the police should and should not have done? Oh, I think there's a lot of that because it, I think it seems like such an obvious failure. Uh, I think the press is really good at kind of process failures and bureaucratic failures. Uh, I think they need to dig a little deeper. And, you know, I, I did see a report, the Washington Post, you know, um, police departments around, across the country are trying to determine how many of their members were at that mob, how many of their members were inside 
the Capitol breaking federal law. Um, so I think that's the story that will be told. Um, and and uh, yeah, I think the press is doing a pretty good job at, at looking at the police. Uh, but yeah, you're. I mean, the first images before they got anywhere when they were at the the, bo- the bottom steps of the Capitol on Wednesday. I, I remember, and I tweeted. I said, "Where's the tear gas? Where? Why aren't? Where are the rubber bullets? Where are anyone who has been to a DC march or DC protest? Not only don't you get inside the Capitol." You don't get near the Capitol. You don't even look at the Capitol when you're walking by it because it is so locked down. I mean, I saw an extraordinary fact yesterday. They said the Capitol Police uh, had those, the staffing of a routine day. This is all for the police and the press. This is a deliberate failure of imagination for Trump. They're, they're voting on the electoral certification. Trump is holding a rally with 100,000 people down the street how Beltway institutions couldn't connect those dots is really uh, amazing. And again, now we find out it was all planned on social media. Thousands of tweets about Storm the Capitol from the QAnon folks. Um, but again, you know, the, the, the press covered the coup for weeks as, as basically a strategy story, a process story. What's this mean for Republicans? What's the ramifications for the Georgia runoff? It was never... Our democracy is in, in the crosshairs because they just did not see Trump voters as a terror threat. And I think that, A, I think that has to, be, has to do with the political party they're affiliated with and what they look like. And, and, and so it all unfolded. And I, it's shocking and not surprising. That's how I would describe the day. What's most denial? What did, we just talked about the holidays. What did we see in my hometown in Nashville on Christmas Day? A white bomber. Yep. So 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 that does not make one look at these people and say, well, this might happen. Or you just say, well, because they're they're white, they're not going to bomb anything. What if somebody had brought something up in there like the guy had in Nashville? Yeah. And, you know, well, and, and by the way, you know, they they're not declaring that guy a terrorist in Nashville. Right. They, right. They have to do that. Right. So but but but, but the other reason address this to the other reason I brought up the police piece. Because, see, at a point, Eric, isn't it fair to hypothesize that if there were police who were complicit or maybe in on it, some are saying it was an inside job. If that's true, isn't it fair to hypothesize that some of the mainstream media normalization may have affected some of those police officers who might have been complicit? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Look, I mean, the, the, the normalization affects everybody. You know, it doesn't it, it doesn't just affect uh, the crazies. Uh, it affects everybody. And, and that's a good point. And so maybe the police sees this, you know, as kind of legitimate grievance. And, gee, maybe Joe Biden did win the president. You know, I've, I've seen things that, you know, I can't really tell. Um, and, and, and so it just it just adds it just adds to the. You know, it's sense of chaos. And, and that's what they're trying. That's what they're going for. And really, I mean, just. You know, Trump has advertised who he is since the day he came down that escalator, you know, in June of 2015, when he said, I'm not going to leave. And, and, and you know, I, I tweeted this yesterday, and it's, it's just, you know, I see all these people on TV now, a lot of these writers who, who are explaining what happened. Uh, none of them ever used sociopath in their Trump columns for four years. There are these etiquette rules 
within the, the serious Beltway media among the elites in terms of what you can do and what you can't do. And one of the things they could do was to, was to tell progressives to calm down, right? They, they, they told us for four years, calm down. This is Trump derangement syndrome. Uh, you know, he's not a Machiavellian. You know, he's not an asset. He's not waging war uh, on America. He's not trying to destroy elections. Um, and, you know, they, they were wrong about everything. I mean, this stuff was not rocket science. This was all in plain sight, all in plain sight. Uh, and, and so much of the press for so many of the last four years decided they didn't want that to be the story. They wanted, they always want to, the story to be center-right Republicans versus center-left Democrats. Everyone's in the same mainstream lane. You had 100 members of Congress join a lawsuit that wanted the Supreme Court to throw out 20 million legal votes. That's not center-right. That is authoritarian. That is anarchy. That is anti-democratic. And going forward, it's obvious now. The press is going to have to pick a side, and that is the last thing they want to do. They want so badly to cover the next four years, center right, center left. Why can't Joe Biden get a deal through uh, You know the process story? They are dealing with a Republican Party that is lawless, that is remorseless, that is dangerous, and that is violent. And the press is not going to have an option to cover this at both sides anymore, because one party is at war with the democratic system. And we've never seen this in American politics. And and that and, same, and party same party is in fact at, at war with the media. The media. Yep, it, oh, that's, that, real, real quick, and that's another good point. You brought it up before. That's, this is the truly astonishing part, right? So Trump came in, the most radical player in American history in terms of the amount of power he has, just absolutely eviscerates the press, enemy of the people, personal degradation. Two things didn't happen. The press did not change the way it covered a radical president, which it should have, should have torn up all the old rules because Trump was tearing up every rule in sight, every protocol, every tradition, and the press clung to its protocols and its traditions. And you would think they would fight back. You would think these attacks would spark something. It, uh, it the only thing it sparked was being bullied and being too timid. So it, it was, it's been a four year failure on so many levels. Uh, and it's sad to watch. And, you know, media critics like you and me on the left, we do this because we want a better fourth estate. We want a stronger free press. People on the right do it because they want to abolish the free press. They don't want any checks and balances. They only want absolute power in the hand of Republicans. So, Look, I think there's been amazing um, coverage since Wednesday. Um, there's been very courageous reporting on during during the mob, during the riot itself. But I fear once again there's going to be zero reflection. You know, these are the people who said in, in 2016, we don't have anything to apologize for. Our Hillary Clinton coverage was fine. Our Trump coverage was fine. We're not looking back. And I fear we're going to see the exact same thing. There's just going to be no appetite for uh, self-reflection. When there's criticism from the left, there's no appetite for self-reflection. When there's criticism from the right, you know, people lose their jobs. Uh, Eric, I'm about to, uh, I, I think, inspire your next column. Now folks, Eric and I are two of the last men standing on something that many in the mainstream media too have forgotten, all right? so. 
2012, 20, uh, yeah, 2011, 2012, Putin's election. And there were riots in the streets. Mm. He blamed the Obama administration and specifically Hillary Clinton for creating that. Right. And that was a visual he hated. Now you have the same thing last Wednesday. And see, then the question becomes, wait a minute. What what uh, what role might have he played in instigating this? Because this was this was media gold to him. What happened yeah. to him in Russia has now just happened in uh, in the United States. And and again, the media, we would. So the media here would criticize state run media in in Moscow. Right. But. They have just participated in by not calling this out, right? In in indirect Moscow-run <laughs> media, as media in the United States, would would you not agree? Yeah, and and look, you know, we've talked, we probably talked about this before. I wrote about it last year. If Trump uh, behaved the exact same way he does now, and he ran another country, every news organization in America would call him an authoritarian. First sentence of any news report. Uh, out of the hundreds of news reports we we would had over Trump over the years, because it's it's an accurate it's an accurate um, description, uh, just like the way the American press is you know described Russia uh, and things like that. Uh, but you can't call a white Republican authoritarian apparently, even even if he's a textbook example. And it, you can't call him a sociopath, and you can't call him a liar, and you can't call him a racist. So you know the press burned through the thesaurus for four years. Um, trying to carve out a spot, right? They want to cover his every his every utterance, uh, but unfortunately for the press, really thirty percent of their job was how can I describe what he's doing in a couched and limited way? How can I describe what this deranged, unstable, demented rally? Pick a rally from the last four years. How can I describe what that, how can I not be accurate? How can I type this up for the New York Times? I'll call it fiery, right? I'll call it debunked theories. New York Times did a piece, you know, they suddenly decided that maybe Trump's um, uh, voters were racist after Wednesday. And, and they, they referred to white political grievance on the front page. So we're, we're still going to, we're still going to play this. Yeah. Who talks like that? Uh, what is white clinical grievance? Okay, that's a that's a good one. I might remember that. Uh, so they're you know they're they're still going to play this game, and the sad part is it's all been self-imposed. It's all been self-imposed, and so again, the press has had a tough job. They've had to cover this radical, unstable president, and then they've they've layered on an additional job, which is how how do I not really tell what happened? That becomes very difficult, and, and, and you end up with kind of these word salad dispatches. And again, the one that keeps coming to mind is fiery for, for his uh, rallies that would go on for 90 minutes, and he would be incoherent uh, and, and borderline psychotic. Have you found them, because they're coming back. Yeah. That's what they say. It's everywhere. You know, they're coming back. Have you found that the mainstream media now, hence Wednesday, is taking this a little more seriously and, and even saying, hey, this is something that is going to reoccur and maybe even more dangerous? 
I think they're taking it more seriously. They're talking. They're they're describing these people as terrorists, as insurrectionists. Uh, they've got a ton of video they can that could show just how brutal and how violent that standoff was. Um, I'm not sure if they know. It's you know I don't I don't know. You know the state state capitals across the country are incredibly vulnerable. I would think for you know these kind of flash mobs if they want to uh, try to take it over. I still don't think the press really sees Trump voters as terrorists. I think they think it's a tiny, tiny slice, uh, and people just got carried away on Wednesday. They're obvi- the press is obviously being very straightforward that this is all Trump's fault, and he incited this, and I'm glad that is absolutely without question. There's no dancing around that. But, you know, again, you know, I'm glad they're calling it an insurrection. I'm glad Twitter deplatformed him. I wrote a column a year and a half ago. It was called, of course, Trump should be kicked off Twitter. People kind of looked at me like, what, why, why? Um, mainstream media never gave that a second of serious thought. You can't do that. You can't, it's a private company. You can do whatever you want. He violated their terms of service every day. If you and I did two of his 1800 tweets that violated the terms of service, you and I would not have a Twitter account. None of this was rocket science. Uh, of course, newspapers should have demanded his resignation years ago. So there's good things that are coming out of this. But my God, I mean, did five people have to die? Did the Capitol have to be breached for the first time since 1814 for the press to realize this isn't an eccentric businessman. This is a demagogue and he doesn't care how many people die. Look at COVID. He's never cared one day how many people die. I mean, that should have been a pretty big giveaway. This guy's a sociopath. Only cares about himself and uh, his. Could he, he, his own if Mike Pence had died on Wednesday, I don't think he would have cared. He's yeah. a sociopath, incapable of empathy. Just textbook, yeah. textbook. You, you had a group that built a scaffold and a yeah. new for his vice president, y'all. And the stairs. That was the, yep. This is. Again, this is not a banana republic unity government. He picked Mike Pence. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) You don't hang the person that your president picked. Apparently, you do. And uh, and then uh, the other thing I saw that was uh, hasn't got there was also a massive like twenty foot wooden cross that was erected uh, outside the Capitol. And you look at that and you think. I don't know what you think. I mean, look, we haven't talked about brainwashing enough in this country. Uh, we have lost tens of millions of people. I had a friend's sister uh, texting her over the weekend. She needs to buy two weeks worth of food. Um, this is someone who has just completely lost touch with reality. It has happened to almost every family in America, a cousin, a parent, a brother, a sister. Uh, it happened with Fox News for a decade, and it's only become much worse now with QAnon. Um, the press really doesn't deal with that. Uh, doesn't really want to talk about one of our main political, two political parties in this country is now run by brainwashed fanatics. Um, that's not a conversation they're really interested in having. Of course you acknowledge wall street journal and others are now saying resign a day short. Any, have you had a chance to take a look at how they are covering the whole impeachment conversation. Now, uh, we know now that the House has introduced an article of impeachment. Right. Uh, but but the mainstream, how are they 
covering that seems to be, you know, they're a little ambivalent about it um, because we're a few days away from the inauguration. I yeah. think you and I get why it's necessary. Yeah. Frankly, frankly, if if I was pretending to be a journalist like you are, because that's what they think we do, y'all. We're just pretending at this. My, my analysis, I my research would be this. As smart as Nancy Pelosi is, why would she introduce something like that unless she had some indication that there were Republicans right. in the Senate who would be for it? Right, I mean, right, right. Be something else symbolic. And, and why would they be for it? Because I'm going to tell you something, y'all, and this is what a lot of people don't get. If he's impeached and convicted this time, he can't run for president again. <laughs> he loses all your taxpayer dollars. You all going to be paying him for the rest of his life. Right. His Secret Service protection. And Eric, I just found this out yesterday. No, day before yesterday. Did you know that a former presidents have a million and a half dollars a year travel allowance? Oh, wow, yeah. So you know what that means? That joke is going to be flying all over the country Rally, all organizing the this kind of crap that we saw last week. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, so, so this is important. And I haven't seen the mainstream media bring out the importance and if they ever want the Republican Party back, if it's if it's worth anything to them and worth saving the right. party he hijacked, they got to get rid of him. Otherwise, he's going to be all over them. He's going to build have more scaffolds built for Republicans. Yeah. Yeah. So the impeachment coverage is interesting. I mean, I think uh, there's a lot of focus on, you know, the Pelosi timeline and it, that kind of to me, that's. That's not really the big story here. The big story is we have a, a, a criminal in, in the White House. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe Pelosi's waiting for Lisa Murkowski to, you know, switch parties. Maybe there's negotiations going on in terms of that. You know, the thing about politics is, you know, I think so many journalists and so many news consumers don't understand. Uh, we know 10 percent of what's going on. Uh, you know, every time there's a big, you know, bill negotiation, whether it's COVID or others, people think they know what's going on behind closed doors. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors, and we're not supposed to. That's not how it works. But there's this perception when there's a report or something that that's the entirety of what's happening. There are so many. This is such a complex situation. There are so many conversations and negotiations going on um, that we we don't honestly we don't we don't know the half of it. Uh, so, uh, I think it's obvious, you know, the, the house is committed to impeachment at this point. Uh, oh, a key point is this whole unity charade, right? Every, every Republican now is saying, oh, you know, uh, Joe Biden, call off Nancy Pelosi. You know, you got, we have to turn down the temperature. Uh, and, and they're getting a fair amount of media time. Every one of those Republicans should be asked, okay, if impeach, if you're not in favor of impeachment, are you urging Trump to resign? Because that would that would bring the that would bring the temperature down. He he steps up, says I shouldn't have done this. I'm going to leave. I'm going to give it to Mike. But you know, Republicans who oppose impeachment also oppose him resigning. So they support the coup. So the, the press should not let them hide behind this unity charade. You know, I tweeted Jim Jordan. You know, he, he was you know he's worried about healing in unity. I joked that he held 755 Benghazi hearings, and now he's now he can't sleep at night because the country is, isn't united. These people, their entire political life is destroying unity in this country. So, A, it's a charade. And, B, 
if you're not for impeachment, then and you, if you're not for resignation, then what are you for? There's never a good time to impeach Trump. Are you kidding me? The idea that you know his supporters hated it when he got impeached last last February. This isn't about appeasing his supporters. They're never going to they're never going to be okay with him getting impeached. They have to do it. Uh, this has there has to be some consequences. People have to go on record in terms of how they vote. Uh, you know, Mitch McConnell found a way to to jam through a Supreme Court, you know, confirmation days before the election. If he wanted to, if he cared about this country, he could find a way to work with the House. Also, but and and just one other thing, you know, uh, you know, again, we don't know that this is so complex, you know. And I see some tweets. Well, you know, Pelosi says this is an emergency, and so why is she moving so slow? Look, this would be the fastest impeachment vote in 240 years. I mean, the Nixon impeachment vote took eight weeks. I think Trump's took six weeks. We're talking about five days. You know, they're blowing up all the rules. They're blowing up the entire process because this is a this is a, an emergency. So, yes, it might be going slower than people want, but we also, you know, context. The entire point of impeachment is a long, drawn-out process so everyone can think about it and everybody knows what's going on. It's not designed for a coup and it's not designed for a four day turnaround. And I think Democrats are, are doing the best they can. Yeah, I would agree. I, I was just looking at, I was just putting some figures in the calculator, four years, uh, that's 1,460 days y'all. Yeah. And now Eric, you heard him mention a couple of times things that he and I have been talking about for years. All right. Uh, and that's true. Um, a lot of these things we have talked about for years. So if we sound repetitive, I hope you don't mind. <laughs> but when you're dealing with the power of suggestion coming from the mainstream media and Fox News, Eric and I would have to repeat ourselves <laughs> every day, 24 hours a day to catch up with them. Yeah. You know, So we have to say this. So somewhere out there, people will get it. But Repetition it is important sometimes. I'm, I'm say, say it again, Eric. I'm sorry. Repetition is important sometimes. No, it is. I mean, what, yeah. what, let's be honest. We're students and teachers of media. It is the power of suggestion. And as I've always said, how many of you have listened to the radio and they play a song you don't like, but the radio station keeps playing it. And then you start to sing, humming the song to yourself. And you wonder why I'm humming the song. That's the power of suggestion. So for four years, at least, it's been normalized, 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 normalized. And it's, you know. And so Eric and I cutting through that saying, no abnormal 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 <laughs> you know we just and and so what we've done is, is just a drop in the ocean um compared to what these others have done using the mass media that they have power and control over so that is why um this is very very important we invite people as always go to pressrun.media fearless media commentary and trust me to help you because i think eric's teacher too because he's also giving you third eye skills all right and when you when you catch up with what he's writing you inevitably develop the skills yourself to discern and say, wait a minute, what is this I'm reading? We must read with that critical third eye, everything we look at, everything we see. So even develop those skills um, and have your friends and family do the same. We invite you to go to pressrun.media. Uh, Eric, uh, happy new year. Maybe <laughs> I, I hope we'll all still be here next time. I hope there's not an all out civil war, <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, who knows? We'll we'll see. We will hope for the best. And as always, appreciate uh, your hard work and your great analysis, buddy. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, subscribe.
And wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been May Play. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.